Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm glad to have you with us uh, this morning. Uh, we have uh, our uh, great uh, guest, uh, Dr. Deborah Mix uh, from Ball State University. And uh, this is the fourth episode of Writers Backstage. And um, I'm going to introduce uh, Dr. Mix uh, in a moment. Um, hello, Dr. Mix, how are you? Good morning, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Uh, uh, Dr. Deborah Mix uh, is a professor of English at Ball State University, uh, where she teaches courses in American literature. She's the author of A Vocabulary of Thinking, Gertrude Stein, a contemporary North American women's experimental writing, um, and co-editor with Logan Esdale of Approaches to Teaching, the, I'm sorry, the works of Gertrude Stein. Um, and then her essays on American poetry have appeared in collections like Revisiting the Elegy in the Black Lives Matter era, era, Approaches to Teaching Bar uh, Baraka's Dutchman, and the Cambridge History of 20th Century American Women Poets, as well as journals including Contemporary Women's Writing, Studies in the Humanities and American Literature. Uh, yes, so the, that this is Dr. Deborah's uh, bio. So I'm gonna um, uh, start this conversation. I guess uh, uh, I was thinking about like publishing and uh, what it feels like to, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, make your CV even more richer, uh, specifically in the academic world. So um, looking at your CV, Dr. Deborah, uh, it's a wonderful CV. I saw that you co-edited a book entitled uh, Approaches to Teaching, um, the works of Gertrude Stein. So how was the co-editing experience for you? Like, was it, um, were the difficulties you faced in any way? Uh, not looking at the corona, I guess. <laughs> no, this was all, all pre-virus. So. Yes, um, it was, I mean, there. it was a really challenging and exciting process. Um, partly because um, the, the person I co-edited with, Dr. Osdale, I didn't, he wasn't a friend. He wasn't somebody I knew before. We we no. came together to work on this project, which was super exciting. Yeah. Um, but it took a little time to, for us to get used to each other, sort yeah. of how, how he communicated, what kind of feedback he wanted to give authors. Um, yeah. and, and I'm sure the same for for my approaches um, to, <laughs> to the process. But I think we, we found a really nice, um, collaborative um, partnership once we yeah. sort of settled into that process. Um, yes. And it, it was so interesting to, to be in a long conversation with a colleague about work that we were both really excited about, you know, and to, to work together to say, how can we make this essay even better? How can we, um, help this author understand what she needs to do to strengthen this discussion. Um, how should we organize these materials? Um, and then there were some sections of the collection that we wrote together. So um, this is part of a series that the Modern Language Association puts out on teaching. And these books always have a, an opening biographical discussion, um, a review of critical conversations about the author. So to kind of provide um, background for somebody who's maybe coming to 
um, teaching this author's work for the first time or, or is relatively new in doing it. Um, so that was, that was also really interesting, right? We wrote together as well as editing together. Um, and so it was really fun to, to figure out how to fit our, our styles together as well. Um, you know, I think probably we both frustrated each other from time to time, um, you know, just with, with different attitudes, but, but ultimately I was such a, it was such a terrific experience. Yes. And like deadlines, I guess, uh, I think I try, uh, like I'm, I'm working with a few of my, uh, colleagues here. So yes, I, I find it like really hard to stick to the deadline sometimes with all the teaching and correcting. And yeah. Yeah. And You know, in some ways it was good to have a collaborator because yeah. we kept each other more yeah. on track where yeah. I think if I was working by myself, it might have been a little easier to yes to let a <laughs> yeah, to let a deadline go past. <laughs> I think it's important yeah uh, like when you work with someone you you are motivated I, uh, I think that yeah yes accountable to each other yes which yes. was which was great definitely yeah <laughs> that's amazing um so like do you like you also have another uh, book entitled the vocabulary of thinking uh Gertrude mm -hmm. Stein and the contemporary North American women's uh, innovative writing Uh, published by the University of Iowa, right? Yes. Right. So, so, like, how did you start writing this book? And, and, like, how long did it take you to complete it? And how did you know that it was a, the topic that you really wanted to research, I guess? For a That's a really good question. Um, it's, in part, it's a, it's a revision, like, a, a pretty major revision of my original dissertation. So, in the sense that it went from dissertation to book, um, you know, that probably took... Um, yeah. nine or 10 years all in all, you know, oh from, <laughs> from starting the dissertation to yeah. seeing the book um, published. So, um, so yeah, it grew out of my dissertation. I, um, I dropped one of the chapters from the dissertation and wrote a new chapter on um, an author called Harriet Mullen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I made some major changes to the dissertation chapters that, that were the Um, were, were, you know, that appear in both places, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I had to completely rewrite the introduction um, and the conclusion. Um, so it was a, it was a long, slow process, right? And I was doing that while I was um, looking for jobs, while I was settling into my job at Ball State, um, while I had um, my first daughter, when my first daughter was born, I was trying to finish it up. Um, so it was definitely a slow, um, it was definitely a slow process. Um, I had a lot of good advice from people, you know, who had, um, you know, from my dissertation committee, but also from um, other people that I, I saw as mentors um, who, you know, gave me a lot of advice on approaching publishers, on doing revision work, Um, and that made a, that made a really big difference too. Um, yeah. I would say, you know, even though only my name is on the cover, um, I think the book, um, there were, there were a lot of people who helped make that book happen. Um, yeah, yes. yeah. so it was, it, you know, it's interesting because I, right, that book came out, you know, more than 10 years ago, right? 13 years yeah. ago now, 14 years ago now. Yeah. Um, and, and 
you know, I've, I've done a, an edited collection. I'm working on a project that might um, turn into an edited collection now, but sort of thinking about, you know, do I want to write another single authored book again? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I think, yeah, you have to think like a lot about it, I I guess. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know, like the, the process might have been uh, like difficult as you just mentioned too. Um, thinking about a single book and yeah um, I, I always like I am for like uh, uh, co-edited work or I, I really like to work with other colleagues I think it, mm-hmm. it opens up a lot of like uh, ideas and thoughts uh, on the projects I guess <laughs> um, so like um, so those are like uh, the books so mm-hmm. um, like from your experience uh, as a professor at Ball State like um, when do you think it's the best time to look for journals and send papers so because they tell you a lot not to send papers, uh, I think in the summer that everyone's like uh, on vacation or something, no. like it's different now. I don't know with Corona. Yeah, <laughs> but that's like, true. Uh, but usually it takes, uh, and I remember I took a publishing class with you um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, like we uh, we looked at a lot of journals and, and then ha- how long it takes them to reply back to you. So I guess it's, it takes a lot of time <laughs> to, for them to. Yeah, it can, it can. Um, I would say a couple of things. One thing to do is to watch for special issues of journals. I think is a is a really good um, is a really good strategy because um, if a journal is only looking for papers on, you know, um, writing about the about the environment, let's say, um, right? There's you're, you're, you're in a smaller pool of potential authors. So it, it can be easier to get noticed if you see a call for papers, a, a journal special issue that um, overlaps with something that you're working on. So um, that might be one, um, one little, little, I don't know, trick. Is it a yeah, trick? trick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Um, but that, that might be one strategy is to keep an eye out for special issues. Yes. Yeah. So some journals do one special issue a year or even two in a year. So just keeping an eye out for that. Um, but I think, you know, some of the things that we talked about in our class, um, I think are really useful things to remember too. So that when you're looking, when you're working on an article, mm-hmm. um, you know, where are the, where are the sources you're using being published, right? So, you know, who else, where else are the conversations about this author or this topic occurring? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then to, and then to take some time to look into those journals and to, to ask questions like, um, does this journal really emphasize theory? And is my essay highly um, grounded in theory? Yeah. Um, right. And that that I think can also um, that's really important work to do before you decide where to send your article is to think about where where does my article sound like it belongs? Yeah. You know, where where are the people who write like me publishing their articles? Yes, definitely. And I you know, because you don't if you're if you're writing something that's highly theory mm-hmm. um, driven you don't want to send it to a journal that isn't very theoretically um, focused, right? And, and of course, the, the reverse is true. Yeah. If you're writing about a, a you know, about a, a, 
a male author, you don't want to send it to a journal of women's literature, yeah. right? So, so just being smart too about um, yeah. asking questions about where does my article fit? Yeah. Um, where, where does it, you know, where do the other articles um, seem similar to mine? And then thinking about how those articles work even, yeah. um, you know, are there, are there trends? Are there, you know, is this, is this journal style very formal or is it a little more casual? Yeah. Um, even just taking the time to kind of measure what you're doing against what they're publishing, I think yeah. is, is a really smart um, work to do before you send something to that journal. Because once you send it to the journal and they say, you know, if they say no, yeah. then you're, you can't send it back again. You know, yeah. you've kind of lost that. Yeah, the chance. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about uh, like conferences too, like and uh, like, uh, uh, I guess, attending conferences and giving uh, talks at conferences. I did the multi-ethnic literature this year with uh, Dr. Emily. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. And it was like virtual. Uh, I actually planned to go like back, like without Corona happening. <laughs> this, was, yeah. this was my plan. I was planning to go and like uh, visit a visit like uh, Indianapolis because it was in Butler University, I think. So, uh, oh. uh, so yeah, the, then it was online, but it was okay online. It was really good. Uh, they used the Wuva app and yeah. And uh, I got a lot of like good feedback on my like paper. Uh, I did mine on Juno Diaz, so I'm exploring other like uh, immigrant uh, and like uh, American writers. So uh, oh, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exciting. But yeah, I think conferences are I don't know um, are, are always a good place to like look for journals. Very like, good. Yeah, definitely. And and, and it's um, a good place. It's a good place to. Um, I don't know. Maybe gossip isn't exactly right, but it's a good place to talk to other people about, you know, what journals are you hearing about? What, yeah. um, have you heard of any, any projects that, that, you know, a, a special issue or a, an edited collection that somebody's working on, um, right? It's a, it's a great place to make connections that can lead toward publication. Um, probably 10 years ago, I gave a paper at a conference on, mm -hmm. um, I was talking about Gertrude Stein and somebody came up to me after the paper and said, oh, my colleague is doing this book on um, modernism and celebrity. And he mentioned that he was wanting something about Gertrude Stein. Yeah. Could I, could I give him your contact information? You know, would you, would you be interested? And, and it, um, you know, it, it wound up working out and I was able to write an article and get it um, submitted and they published it in the collection. So yeah. it can be, they can be really good sites to, um, yeah. to just get get more, uh, you know, to share information with each other yes, um, about what's what's going on that that you might not, you know, you might not know otherwise, but sometimes somebody in the audience, you know, knows something interesting that that makes a big difference. So yeah, um, I, uh, I, uh, I talked to uh, one of the professors, I think he's at Chicago University. And he was uh, doing like an introduction to Latinx literature. And uh, I was like really amazed. I, I think it might be a good like course I can work out or like apply here to in our, in our department. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, we exchanged information, like we exchanged syllabi. He didn't teach like a survey of American 
literature before so I, I exchanged my syllabus with him but yeah it's great it's also great for teaching too I guess and yeah yeah teaching yes definitely um, so like uh, what do we do if a journal takes too long to respond to us I think that's a a, a lot like a, a, a um, an always asked question I guess yes yes <laughs> um I mean <laughs> I don't, I think that you should feel confident sending a brief email message to the editor saying, Hey, you know, I sent my paper in three months ago. Three, three <laughs> months ago. Yeah. And, and I think, I guess one thing I would say is um, I don't think I, I would wait until it had been at least three months, Yeah, um, which is already, I know feels like a really long time. Um, but just to say, hey, I sent my paper in. I, you know, yeah. do you do you have any sense of your timeline? Yes. Um, right. You can ask a really open-ended question, but I think it's, you know, sometimes you just, um, sometimes I think editors lose track of things, or they just need to be reminded to follow up with a reader, or, you know, I I think a, a polite um, inquiry is not going to create. Yeah, a bad yeah. impression or, or cause any trouble. And I think it'll put your, your mind at ease to, to get an answer. So yes. um, I think it's completely reasonable to send a message and just to say, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking for information about when you think you might have a decision. Um, Cause depending on right where you are in your career, mm -hmm. um, getting that decision could make a big difference, right? Being able to add it to your, you know, that this article is forthcoming to your, to your Vita when you're looking for a job or when you're going up for tenure. Yes. It can make a really big difference. And so I think um, journal editors need to, um, you know, I think they are mindful of that. I think yes. they are, they are not going to be insulted that you've asked. Yes. Definitely. You know, wondering what's going on. <laughs> Where's my paper? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we talked a lot about this with, uh, I think in the pub publication course that I took too, like how to respond to rejection letters from journals. Yeah. Yeah. What to do next, I guess. Well, so there's, I think there's a couple of different kinds of, um, right. There are different kinds of responses you can get from journals from just a flat rejection right? I'm sorry, this article is not for us. Yes. Have a nice day. <laughs> right. Um, but then, but then there's a lot of things in between, you know, there's a lot of things between that and a, just a simple acceptance letter. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes you, you know, if you get rejected, but you get some feedback. So sometimes um, an article might go to readers um, and you, and, and the readers may decide no, but you get the, you get their responses. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, and in those cases, I think it's really worth spending some time with those responses to think about, okay, um, you know, you might have one reader's response or, or two even, um, and, to, and to think about, okay, so what, where, where are the readers giving me similar advice, yes. um, right? And to, to sort of identify those moments where are the readers suggesting um, different things and to consider, okay, mm -hmm. so if reader, if reader one says I should cut this section yeah. and reader two says I should add to this section, to the same section, right? Um, 
why do they have such, you know, to try to figure out, can, do I have any guesses about why their responses were so different? Um, any ideas about what I might, um, you know, were they, were they responding to the same issue in different ways? Um, right. So you have to take some time with those reports to really, um, think about the advice that they're giving you and then decide what you want to do with it. Right. So just because a reader says cut this section, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that that's what you have to do. Right. But it might mean, it might mean asking yourself, well, why, why don't they think this section belongs in the article? Right. If, if I think this discussion is important, why, why didn't that come across? Like, why didn't my reader understand yeah, it's importance. And so then, you know, part of what I might do is think, okay, do I need to introduce that section in a different way? Or do I need to um, reorganize slightly so that its importance is clearer? Um, So I I think, you know, and to me, that's, that's hard work, right? Like to sit and to think about, um, you know, why did I get this feedback? And what am I going to do with it? And I'll, I'll be honest. And usually my first response to getting that feedback is to sort of panic oh, yeah. <laughs> and not want to like, Oh, uh, they didn't hate it. It. I don't want to think about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, yeah. And it takes me a little while to say, okay, they didn't hate it. Okay. <laughs> they, they're, they're giving me well-intentioned advice. Let me start to figure out yeah. um, what they're, what they really want or what the, what the underlying factors are. Yeah. Um, and then to sort of, um, decide what to do with that information. So I guess it, for me, it's always, um, it always takes me a little while to, um, kind of think through a rejection or a, or a revise and resubmit, right? That's, that's another response you can get where, um, we don't think, we don't think your article is ready yet, but we're interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, take these actions and try sending it back. Um, so, you know, I, I think, but that's hard, you know, right. It's hard to, to be told that the article that you thought was really like, yes, fantastic and ready yes. isn't ready. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and I mean, then the truth is, you know, sometimes readers give you fantastic advice yes, and sometimes they tell you kooky things. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And you no. have to, you have to fish, you have to sort of sort through all of that. Yes, for sure. Um, so like if you, like if you, if I was interested in becoming a reviewer, I guess in one of these like good journals that I have in mind, how like mm-hmm. how do you become one? Like um, uh, I think I, there isn't like a lot of instruction on that, especially on websites, I guess. No. <laughs> um, excuse me for one second. <laughs> Sorry, I had a little bit of a frog in my throat. Um, I think to to be an to review articles for a journal, I don't know that there's an easy way to get um, noticed except to publish your own work. Yes, right. I think that's one of the ways that editors find readers is they say, "Oh, well, who else has published articles on Juno Diaz?" Yes, let's ask those people. Yes, for sure. to read this article. So. Um, you know, I think so. So 
right? Because they want somebody who has expertise in the, on that article to read that article. So that's one thing. Um, I do think, um, you know, becoming a professional contact of somebody who is an editor for a journal yeah. can be a way to, um, to be, you know, to, to, to get into their thoughts and to think like, yeah. oh, maybe this person is, is somebody I want to, um, reach out to. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that there is an easy way to, to yeah. get yourself in that, um, in that position. I do think one thing you can do is to contact journals and let them know you'd like to review books for them. Yeah. Right. Um, lots of journals publish book reviews. Yeah. Um, and there's, I, you know, so, so just letting somebody know I'd be interested in reviewing books for you, particularly yeah. in the fields of, yeah. you know, um, Arab American literature, immigrant literature, Yes. Um, you know, those, those kinds of things. And then they might keep you in mind for when they get a book in yeah. that they'd like to publish a review of, they might contact you then. Yes. And I, I was thinking and that can be such a cool thing to do. Yes, definitely. Um, like I was thinking of the different societies, I guess, and like invitations you can get from if you're mm-hmm. like the MLA or any other, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So like, what are your future plans or future projects? Um, you, you said you had a project. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I've been, I've been working. Um, so there's a, there's a, a, a poet. A, she was a poet, a critic, an editor, a professor. Um, uh, this woman named Kathleen Frazier, yeah. who um, founded this, um, what I think was a really important um little magazine in the 1980s on mm-hmm. feminist um, experimental poetry. And um, it was called However. And in the 80s, they were talking about both um, what feminist writers were writing in the 1980s. And also they were trying to reconstruct a tradition um, from modernist writers and others, right? Looking back and saying, well, where are the women modernists? Where are the um, where are the feminist voices from the early 20th century? And, and Fraser's work um, in this journal, but also in her own work as a critic and a, and a poet, I think was, was um, incredibly important to um, helping to create this conversation and community of, um, of scholars and poets um, that that really did make visible a, a long tradition of feminist writing. And so um, a colleague and I have been, um, we put together a couple of panels on Kathleen Frazier's work. She passed away in um, 2019. Mm. Um, and we, we put together a couple of panels at a conference in 2020, um, in February of 2020. Oh, so no. just before <laughs> everything, like the last, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, um, and at the conference, there was a lot of interest in our panels, in our, in talking about Kathleen Fraser. So um, Linda and I have been starting to work on putting together a book proposal um, to bring together the essays from the folks at the conference, and then to expand that with with some more contributors. So um, that's something I've been working on. Um, yeah, I've got an article under review at a journal. Um, 
and I'm just starting to work on a, an article on um, some women poets from the Harlem Renaissance that I'm not quite sure where it's going to go yet. So, so like for this project, like, uh, did you choose a publisher yet or like the, not yet. So what we're, what we're trying to do right now is put together the actual proposal mm -hmm. so that we can query some publishers. We have, um, we have three or four in mind that we want to talk to. Um, so we talked to the university of Iowa Yeah. Um, and they were very interested, but said that they don't, um, they'll only give you a contract once the book is complete. Yes. Um, and, and so we wanted to talk to a couple other publishers to see if we could at least get um, a preliminary contract for the book yeah. um, before it's completed. Because I, you know, I'd hate to have everybody write their articles and yes, do all the work to get the book ready and then have the press go. Eh, never mind. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's where we're, um, that's what we're working on. That's amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Victor Deborah. That was like a lot of like great information. Uh, and <laughs> I hope like everyone who's listening is like uh, doing research or uh, at university can uh, like get a lot of information from today's podcast episode. And uh, thank you so much. Like we're meeting like with two different time zones. So it's like, 5.30 p.m. in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and it's like morning, 10.30 Ball State University, Indiana, Muncie. So yes, thank you so much for joining us. And it was a pleasure to talk to you again and see you again after. Yes, this was years. such fun. I'm so glad we got to do this. Yes, thank you so much. And please uh, uh, keep on the lookout for other episodes uh, from Writers Backstage. This is Hayat Bedawi and uh, Thank you for agreeing to do again this uh, interview. Thank you so much, Dr. Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you later, guys.